Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Listen, the world's a crap place. We all know that. There's so much going on. But me, Stu, I Bradley by the way, we just want to bring you joy for an hour. So that's what we're going to do. Might be an hour, might not be an hour. There's been more succinct intros, but you know, you you all know me by now. Um, Stu, how you doing? I'm not doing too bad, you know. Um, in my life, it, it's going pretty well. It's you know, there's the, always the stuff like you say that's going on in the background uh, that you don't, or I don't bring to the foreground. I just kind of go, yeah, that's happening, but it's happening in the background. And I think there's a really there's a lot to be said for that. You shouldn't be ignorant of stuff that's happening in the world, but it's it's perfectly okay to just go. I can't do anything about that, or I'm doing as much as I can. And the rest I'm going to just ignore, because otherwise you can just spiral. So, yes, I kind of focus on the positives. I I look after my nearest and dearest. I make sure that, you know, we've got enough money and the bills can be paid and have fun. And apart from that, you know, yeah, you just got to get along the best that you can, really. No, I agree. Am I one of your nearest and dearest? You certainly are, yeah. I include you oh, on cool. that list, yeah. Totally. Lend us 50 quid, Stu. Ah, as if it were a bill alone. <laughs> Give me 50 quid, Stu, is what you're asking, really, isn't it? No, I'm not your wife. <laughs> you kind of are. You're my podcast wife. I'm your bitch. <laughs> uh, I think we take it in turns to be the bitch, don't we, really? We do indeed. Um, anyone listening, I'm not dying. I've got a really bad cough, and I'm choking on coffee today. Three times today I've choked on coffee. Don't know why. Um, <laughs> but I'm hoping I'm not getting allergic to coffee. That would be a disaster for me. Oh, yeah. That would be the end of things. You'd have to inject it. You'd be freebasing. Oh, I could inject. I could, I could snort coffee. I could inject it into my veins. I could do all sorts. I'd take it as a suppository if I could. <laughs> yeah, I would do it. <laughs> yeah. For, um, give it a go. Tell me what it's like and then I might do it and all. I've got a fairly small jar of Nescafe out there. Give me five minutes. <laughs> awesome. Get the camera out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so what we're doing is we are changing things up a little bit, just to, the format just slightly. Um, so we're still going to talk about games that we need to talk about, but a little bit later on we'll also talk about games we're just playing because we don't just play stuff for the show. We actually are people who like to play video games for this thing called... Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Entertainment. Fun? Fun? Yeah. Fun? that it? I think that's yeah, the one. Yeah, something like that yeah. anyway. Yeah. 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 And we'll still do a bit of mental health chat at the end or, or current affairs, as it'll be this week. Oh, dear. Um, so, for now, what have you been playing for the show, Stu? Well, for the show, and also for myself, I've been playing, first off... Because I've got two new ones this week. The first off, I've been playing Wonder Labyrinth, or as the full title is, Record of Lodos War, Deed Lit in Wonder Labyrinth. And when you, it's it, it seems to yes. be yeah, people are referring to it with the full title, and the the actual logo just says Wonder Labyrinth in big script, and I think it's supposed to be that, but um, it's just got a stupid title. I'm one of the daftest for a good long while. And that is not a criticism, because I enjoy it. <laughs> but there you go. And the game itself is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, it's not even kind of really inspired by it. It literally is. 
<laughs> it's hilarious how much it looks like it. And it even has, like, the, the left bumper does the thing where you jump backwards uh, and it leaves a silhouette trail. It's, it's an exact copy. So, I thought, oh, God, it's going to be an exact copy and this is going to be, you know, this is going to be awful. It's going to be like using somebody's legacy to make your own game. And it does do that to a degree. So it's still a Metroidvania. The animation on the main character sprite, which is, she's called, or they are called Deedlet, hence the name. All of that is kind of very, very Symphony of the Night. But it only uses it as a template, really. It goes, right, this stuff is beautiful. We're copying it. And here's a bunch of new stuff. And what it has is it has these sprites that you carry around with you that are like magical enablers and you can one of the ones i've got at the moment are fire and air i don't know if you get any more i'm only about an hour and a half in and you use them for all sorts so you use them for weaponry you use them to replenish health i won't go into the full mechanics of it but you know you use them to get through certain doorways it, it's really good it's got it that's not entirely new by any stretch but the way that it's implemented and how quickly you can switch between them and that enables different bits of gameplay and traversal and all that caper uh is really good and all of the sprites are excellent they're all new they're not copied from other than the animation on the main character all the sprites are like new new designs they're fresh and a lot of them look you know a, a lot more kind of up-to-date and modern than, than Symphony of the Night. Metrovania, well-constructed so far, really, really impressed. Uh, you've been pretty much glued to it for a little while. Very good. Does it feel as retro as as its inspiration, or does it have enough modern tweaks to make it feel fresh at the same time? Probably the latter. Uh, it's funny because Symphony of the Night, as you know, so influential that a lot of the Metroidvanias that you pick up now are they don't really advance it very much so you still have no. you can't just save anywhere you have save rooms you know you have teleports to enable fast travel you know all that sort of stuff isn't kind of removed and then replaced with something a lot more modern and I think that developers kind of see it as having reached its peak you know it's zenith in Symphony of the Night and carry on with it. Yeah. But it does have it does have quality of life stuff that you'd expect. So you can, you know, change all the buttons around to whatever you want. The loading times are really quick. You know, just kind of regular background stuff. But it's I would say, you know, it's one of those things that if you're not into that template, you, you won't enjoy it. And you saw how Metroid Dread was popular with a lot of people. But then a lot of people yeah. just bounced off it as well. Uh, so it's going to be in the same vein. If you don't like that kind of thing, it's not going to convert you. If you like it, it's it's you know thumb, two thumbs up sort of thing. And what's it? What's it? Oh, I take it it's a uh, Steam based. Yeah, yeah. I so I I've not played on anything except the Steam Deck since I got it. Just absolutely captivating. I always check. Uh, on Proton DB, if it's uh, if it's deck ready, deck compatible, and preferably you know platinum rated, and this one is platinum rated, works flawlessly, absolutely lovely. Right, uh, just one more to sell it to me. Cost? Ah, I got it. I uh, yeah, it was a funny one. I saw it on a key site for around twelve quid, <laughs> uh, and it was yeah. and it was Steam itself. But when I went into Steam to buy it, it's. Said because I owned 
one of their previous games, maybe their only previous game, I got another discount and it was like 11 quid. Oh, cool. So it's a, it's around 11 or 12 quid at the moment, basically. I'm, I'm liking um, uh, 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 the ones that put out a bunch of games that always do the sales on... Um, on Switch, Cubit Games, I think it is. Oh, right, yeah. And they go, oh, if you've owned one of our previous games, then you get all our games for X amount. I like, I love those sort of sales that reward loyalty to the developer. Me too. Or the publisher. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea, and I want to see more of that. I haven't seen too much of that on Steam, but I really do like that. Yeah, it would be really good for that to come in properly, because you make so much more money by having a reduced price for return customers than you do yeah. than you do full price and have that price be slightly lower, I think. You know, keep it high yeah. for the people. Um, yeah. I'm glad we see launch discounts. That's something I'm glad came in because for ages you were getting stiffed if you was like a loyal customer and it was like, oh, you could pay full price and then those who aren't sure can get the cheap price later. Whereas now you've got the launch discount for the pre-orders and maybe the opening week. And you can go, oh, I like this game, and I can get it at a discount now before it goes up to full price. And then the latecomers still get their bigger discount six months down the line. So I'm, I'm kind of liking sort of like what a lot of the smaller publishers have actually started to do in terms of pricing structure. Uh, but this would be another one I'd love to see added on top. Extra discounts for those that already own the games. Yeah, absolutely. I know they still get like rinsed by the Steam platform for 30% of the profit already. But with it being digital and them not having to look at, uh, after the you know, storage capacity distribution side, hopefully that means they're getting a decent chunk of cash off it. Cool. So some things I'm going to start asking now, and I think this is something we should start asking since we both have Steam decks and we both cover Steam decks and we're at the forefront of all of this. Couple of Steam Deck related questions. It's not verified, as you stated, but it is platinum on Proton GP. GB, DB rather. Uh, so, couple of issues. One, controller. Just out the box, work fine. Out the box, perfect. Cool. Text size. It has a text enlargening <laughs> option, so you can choose large. Yeah. However, that isn't yeah. large by deck standards. It's large by screen, big screen standards. So, it still could be larger, I would say. I would say that all all games even if they're, even if they're not larger. steam yeah they should have a one that makes it you can make it at least 15 percent of the size of the screen i would say that would be a good yep. good figure i think but the options there and it is readable yes excellent and any extra steps needed in terms of choosing what proton to use uh no no i've i've just used it with the stock uh steam os and it's been absolutely fine but- I haven't even had to use proton for it oh excellent i think that that's important we're not going to cover what frame rates can you get and what can you do in terms of frames per second because that's susceptible to everyone i still think that they're the main important ones can you just download it and play it can you see it and is it playable that's i think the three main ones we need to cover and that's what we're going to cover with any games we've played on the deck yes excellent um just very one very quick note before i finish the other game of theirs that I have is uh, that Tohu Lunar Nights, which I talked about on here. And Ooh, yes. I gave up on that for one very good reason, and I may have mentioned it on the podcast, and that's because even though it's a Metroidvania, even though it's gorgeous, even though the combat's good, the knockback when you get hit is insane 
like it gives you a physical knockback of of a massive space and when you're platforming that drives me absolutely mad i mean i don't mind there being some knockback but i think it either you either have to adjust it for size of the enemy that you're encountering or what kind of weaponry and armor and stuff you have and all that sort of stuff. It has to be balanced really, really well because I was just constantly yeah. frustrated by it being not knocked off platforms and all sorts by the most meagre of enemies. It made it unfun for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but this is an improvement all over the shop. Yeah, I can't remember if there's any knockback. I think there's a tiny bit. I think it, it was, it's nicked from Symphony of the Night in that you get knocked back to your knees by about, you know, a, a small fraction of your body size. So it's not far which I think is much vampires more... Are the, yeah. Vampires are the new zombies at the moment. Oh, totally, they? yeah. Everything's vampires, yeah. and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm uh, there for it, I yeah. am all for yeah. it, yeah. Um, so I've been playing... So for for the show, I've, I've been playing lots, but I'm only going to cover one here because I've still got to do my filibuster. I am doing it. Folks not been playing ball with me, but I am going to do it. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that as quite a regular thing, actually. I'm going to put the trailers with it and everything as well so i put it on youtube so you can listen to it or watch it so there you go anyway for the show uh, i'm gonna struggle with a filibuster i just don't know how to talk for long periods of time just to fill gaps but it will get there we'll work it out i'm sure we can work it out anyway i've been playing evil dead the game oh. because that's got two words in it three well it's got four words in it that sold it to me so evil dead yeah, yeah i love evil dead the game because yeah please <laughs> um i really enjoyed the older was it the ps2 era evil dead games i want to say was it ps2 yeah i think it might have been either that um, or i really enjoyed those um because they felt cheap in a way which worked because come on the evil dead isn't a highbrow series by any stretch of the imagination so it worked um, I know some people looked at it with a critical eye and went, oh, it's got this wrong with it. It's fun. It's fun. Um, anyway, yeah, Evil Dead, the game, is basically riffing on the likes of Dead by Daylight and uh, the other ones of that ilk that I can't remember because Dead by Daylight's the only one that really stands out. Right, fair enough. So it's this 4v1 co-op pvp thing that you got going on you could either play as ash um or other characters within the within the uh the, the world of the evil dead or you could play as the various deadites and other monsters and the goal is one of you is hunting the other one's got to try and escape and take it down and uh, i've played these before i tried dead by daylight and i like the concept but never really got on with it um, because I don't have friends who play video games when I can play video games, um, or just I, I, I can't dedicate enough time to make it worthwhile. So I went into this with the attitude of, right, I'm going to play it as just a, a, a rando, um, that I'm going to join other randos to see how well it plays, because Dead by Daylight, if you're not talking, not organising, oh boy, oh boy, does it not play well. This, however... It's got a bit of a chaotic feel to it in such a way that it works. The like the, like, the chaos of not being in an organised group still works. Um, again, I don't know if that because because there is a certain campness to the Evil Dead that carries over into this really well. 
Uh, I mean, I take, have you seen the recent TV series as well as the film, Stu? I have, yes. And I thought that is one that that's how you reimagine something, but keep the feel of it. But this this, this is almost like a follow-on from that. It, it, like not in terms of story or anything like that, but it's gone right. We want to modern do a modern Evil Dead thing. How can we do it? And they've got it spot on. Um, so just to go. If you play one of the four survivors, as it is in there. Um, you still got to do all the usual. So you're trying to work your way through a level. You've got a couple of little mini tasks. Um, you've got a loot. You've got to make sure you've got the right gear to survive. Hiding when you need to. And then you kind of... like The main goal is you've got to seal the portal between worlds. Um, right, yeah. And, yeah, everything in there is based on the, like, the films. Um, I haven't seen anything... Oh, no, I have. Yeah, no, there is some stuff on the um, from the TV series in there as well. So it does have those nods. Um, but, yeah, you do lose. It's got all those basic trappings in it of a, of a social game. But it looks gorgeous, by the way. Um, it's got that kind of grind, grimy 70s, 80s look to it, but with a modern tinge as well. Kind of grindhousey or...? Yeah, that's the word I'm thinking of, but not over the top. It's not... Do you remember the game Wet? I do. The Eliza Dushku game, which I really liked. Don't care what everyone else says, I really liked it. Um, it's not that kind of, hey, look, we're grindhousey. It's very subtle in its grindhousiness. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just... It, it works really, really well. Bruce Campbell is in it, um, which I think is important that he's in it. As I said, I felt just as much fun playing as as a de- as a like a monster dead eye, um, whatever, um, and I had just as much fun surviving. Um, I've played a few hours of it now, but yeah, it's just a really dead good fun game, an Evil Dead good fun game. <laughs> hey, very good. So, what's the gameplay like? I mean, is it uh, do you get to use your chainsaw hand and a gun or? Yes, you know, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. And it, um, what does it? What sort of game does it feel like? Does it feel uh, like? Okay, oh look at that. It feels like left, left, not left for dead. Uh, dead by daylight. That's what it feels like, right. but a more enhanced version of it. But it's it's third person, yeah, or is it first person? Yes, sorry, yeah. yes, third. Cool. Yeah, uh, and it works because I, I want to see Ash. If you're going to be doing it, you want to see Ash. You want to see a fistful boomstick and everything. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's really good. And I can't wait to see what they do with this because this sort of game, like Dead, Dead, Dead by Daylight, has had so many expansions that when I first... The reason this came so late on my radar, I just assumed it was, like, an add-on for Dead by Daylight. Um, yeah. And then I saw, oh, it's just a Me Too-type game. I can't use that as a term. <laughs> no. It's just a, you know, it's just, it's just a copycat game. Um, but no, it's, it's an inspired by, I think, much like the, what you was playing previously. I think it's taken something that's probably the best of its genre so far. I mean, it's only a young genre, this four versus one stuff. I mean, we don't count Evolve. God, that's how not to do a 4 v one um, And it's taken that and it's it's gone, right, okay, this is really good. So this we're going to take all these elements, but this is our spin we're going to put on it with a couple of little bits and it just works really 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 well um and chainsawing uh deadites is really satisfying excellent 
what I do want to see though, and it does make me want it now, is I want to see an Evil Dead survivors, very much like vampire survivors, but with Evil Dead skins. Oh, yeah, 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 that'd be excellent. I just, yeah, I, because, come on. Well, you just know that there's about 700 mimic copies of Vampire Survivors in the works at the moment. Oh, yeah, there's there's a space-based one coming out. There's another one that looks, looks something like 20 minutes to daylight or something like that, it's called, um, nice. which is, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're all coming. Um, I'm hoping... Like this is why I think he's done. Like the developers done such a good job in selling up or uh, taking the uh, the game pass money because he's getting his money in now before it's flooded. So well done you. Totally. Um, but now opening it to the modding community so they can give us skins. That's a good idea. Yeah, I just it, it, it's made for it. But no, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I, it surprised me how good it was, and I spent a lot longer playing it than I thought I would. Um, awesome. Steam Deck wise, can't play it on Steam Deck. It's epic. Up well, you can probably. I'm not jumping through those hoops yet. So it's epic only, Windows only at the moment. Probably playable. I played it on a full screen. Nice, nice. Yeah, I um, uh, I don't know why that reminded me, but I, w- I wanted to talk about briefly about re- yeah, remakes, uh, which yes. are becoming. I think they're becoming a bit of a problem. I can't remember why I wanted to bring it up now, but that doesn't matter. So, out of context completely, I wanted to talk about remakes. and Yes. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I think it's probably just because you mentioned, you know, copying copying core ideas of games. And I like yes. it when core ideas are copied, because it's not like films, where if you copy somebody's idea, you're sitting and watching the same thing. With games, it's like if you take the best elements then you can expand on them and make something that's in the same vein but you know better which is great uh but remakes are becoming a bit of a problem for me and you know one of them dead space game doesn't need remaking it really doesn't no it really doesn't feel feel free to remaster it if you want yeah um but i would say if you do a remaster you should be you should be uh entire not entitled you should be basically forced to give a percentage of the profits to the original developers because it's an artistic piece of work and the IP shouldn't yep. be owned by anybody other than them. Cough, EA, cough. Agreed. Um, so I'm not buying that. I'm not even touching it. I'm not going to go anywhere near it. Don't think it's fair. Um, and they're remaking The Last of Us, the first game, which, what? which for me seems like the most ridiculous and pointless thing. It just says, oh, we haven't got anything new coming out for years so we're just going to do this it's like well put those people on a smaller game you know don't just go after the money by getting people to buy the same thing over and over again and i'm sure there's an audience for it but apparently the the remaster is perfectly good on the ps5 it work it runs beautifully it looks great so, so i i assumed you meant a remaster no. then i just realized how can you remake the last of us i know i know it's one generation old well, it's two generations old, but it had a remaster in the But it's not gen. even... The current version you could play right now, legally play and still buy, is still, you know, a bit of like... <coughs> what, what you might feel is still brilliant. It doesn't need a remake. Yeah. Not even a, re- <coughs> a reboot. Because I was going to say, like, the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. 
stuff. The modern Tomb Raider trilogy. That's how you remake a game by reimagining it or rebooting it. You don't remake, you reboot um, games like that because you can't remake the original Tomb Raider because its its quirks from the 90s are what made it. Same yeah. with, I think, sort of to a degree, Resident Evil. The, the, the new games or the remakes of that are, for me, reboots. They're not remakes because yeah. they're so much, so far removed that they're not the same game anymore. Yes. Um, and you can't do that with The Last of Us. I know. It's weird. So, yeah, those are just two examples. Uh, and I, I just, it's starting to really frustrate me now because it, that's slowing. They've got. What they're doing is, it's the whole package is wrong. It's basically they're going, we've got to keep pushing the envelope on our new releases. And that means the development cycle is five years, six years. So you're going to get one game from us per generation because it takes 11 years, 10 or 11 years to do two games. And instead of them going, well, we should either... Yeah, well, we should. I think personally, they should downscale these things. They should they should reuse yep. their engines, and they should and they should use as much middleware as they can, and they should bring that cycle down to a maximum of three years. Um, but uh, quite other than that, they're going and we we bankroll that by selling our our old tap back to people over and over again, and that's just disgusting for me. So I'm yeah, I basically just don't think remakes are. A good business model for anyone except hyper capitalists, really. No, no. Again, it depends on if someone said, Oh, we're remaking uh, Seymour Goes to Hollywood, the old Spectrum yeah, classic. Yeah. Then, do you know what? Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, I should be more or, specific, really. I mean, AAA co- companies making yeah. their remaking stuff that's only a generation or two old, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, or it's totally playable. And, I'm with you on Dead Space. The only Dead Space that needs remaking is Dead Space 3. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and that, even that, that just needs to be retconned. Yeah. doesn't even need a remake. It's just retconned the bloody thing. Oh, here's an idea. Do a Halloween with it. Yeah. Well, here's an idea. What about a sequel? Why not put a new team on that and get them doing that? Yeah. When you built this engine, why not just you know, do a new Dead Space instead of trampling over the oh never mind oh, no, no, Dead Space 3 let's pretend the other one never happened yeah fair play anyway I've gone on and off about that I'll stop now yeah well, why, why are you going off on tangents we don't do that here <laughs> I know we're normally so rigid oh no oh hello <laughs> I see not that sort of podcast my friend it's not that sort of podcast bringing, yeah bringing the bitch thing back yeah totally um, but so <clears throat> that's what we've been playing for the show I've got another one Oh, you've got another I one. Have. I did not realise I that. have, yeah. This okay. is the joy of the Steam Deck, <laughs> enabling, you know, cheap and or free gaming. And I was on the very cheap side, but excellent side, in playing Citizen Sleeper on Game Pass on my Steam Deck, unsurprisingly. And... By the cloud? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's so far really, really good. So... I think people have had a struggle describing it, but basically it's a tabletop game played on a computer, basically. And what it does is it gives you a really deep, rich sci-fi lore background. Uh, Very much feels like dystopian, future noir, cyberpunky type thing. So it's like, you know... 
Neuromancer or anything like that, Blade Runner. And um, that's the feel of it. Very intelligent, very grown up, deals with emotions, uses different pronouns for people. So it's very kind of, you know, alive to that kind of perception. Yep. And it has very good interactions, very melancholy. And yeah, so you basically kind of assign, basically assign dice to tasks. And then depending on that dice roll, uh, shows how well or how poorly you do and how well or how poorly you do affects whether you need to, you know, work for cheap, you know, and get some cash so that you can survive or whether you're flush with cash so you can move into a different area of the the hub that you're exploring. Very, very much like a tabletop game. So one where you have a little set of counters and you do your dice check and if you're doing well you you gain chits for certain actions and then you can spend those chits later it's exactly like that so if you like that model of gameplay sorry sorry can you give two chits (laughs) two chits uh no chits were given um you (laughs) certainly can and uh yeah so if you if you like that kind of thing which I think a lot of people do, but you also want a really deep story like an RPG because it, it very much is written like a very grown-up, very clever, very yeah, very interactive RPG, Then and you're guided along in a story, then if you like that two things combined, so I'm talking really tight, tabletop game, you know, <laughs> gaming fans really, it's the game for you. And so far I've been totally hooked. Excellent. So, questions? Yes. Um... We'll come to the Steam Deck compatibility stuff in a bit because of how you've played it. But first of all, um, I've heard a lot of people compare it in terms of its writing and the maturity of the writing to that of Disco Elysium. Um, I can't remember if you've played Disco Elysium. Uh, or no, not. I was saving it for Deck and now I've been just swamped with so many good games, but <laughs> I still intend to get it. Um, so you're, you're, you don't know whether it's hit that level of... of, of excellent writing I, I, in terms of like that being the pinnacle so far i can't say no but you know i'm a big reader and i studied english at uni and i uh, it gives me gets my treble thumbs up cool cool what, so did you go to eton as well then because they, they all have extra limbs <laughs> extra toes yeah webbed feet ah. yeah. um excellent no that's good we should do that a treble thumbs up um yeah for a game yeah there you go uh, we could do an Alex Brooker thumbs up for bad games no <laughs> let's not do that no cut that no keep it in I, <laughs> I, I like Alex Brooker he, he's good and he makes disabled I'm disabled I'm allowed I'm allowed I'm disabled am I I don't know how does that work ignore me <laughs> right anyway let's carry on oh dear let's uh, put the shovel down Brad there you go <laughs> yeah. um, see Ricky it's not hard it's just stop We'll come to that. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, right? I didn't realise until just this week that it's by the developers of In Other Waters, um, which is yeah. amazing. Uh, which is a, a a game that has very little writing but tells such an amazing story. Um, so that sold me on it already. Um, but it sounds completely different to In Other Waters. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to it. So, have you played the Other Waters? Sadly, not. I know, but I mean, yeah. I, you reviewed it for the site, and we talked about it on here. So I do know of it. Yeah. 
Um, you should play that if you're liking Citizen Sleeper. I mean, they, they might be completely different games. Well, they are completely different games. One's a tabletop game and one's a, a one where you're exploring alien worlds using just basically cartography tools. Um, completely different games in every, every way, shape or form. But one would suggest if you like one of their experimental games, so to speak, then it's worth checking out the other. Don't know if, the, if in other waters is Steam Deck compatible. I might check that out. Um, so, Steam Deck questions. Yes. You played it via cloud. Yes. Is it, obviously, it's slow, is it slow-paced enough that it does not matter? It does not matter. I, um, I've not had, yeah, I had some issues with Guardians of the Galaxy to the point where yeah. I stopped because that had so much input lag, it was ridiculous. And it's not my connection because my, my connection's pretty decent. It sits and sleeps, yeah, I mean, just like all those games, it does lag out occasionally, but I'd say like once every 10 minutes, there's like a, a quick blip, um, but it's not lost. It's yeah. just, you just carry on, uh, which is good because when I first started playing the cloud game and it would sometimes crash completely, uh, still, it, uh -huh. it is still in beta. Um, yeah, but uh, we forget that, don't we, we sometimes? Do. We do, yeah, yeah. But no, no, no problem with that. Okay, so tech size. Tech size, not great. Very, 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 right. very small. Now, I've not really explored accessibility options. I will do whenever you're talking about your next game. I'll do it right when yep. you're talking. Um, I haven't explored them, but the default stuff is really, really tiny. Really tiny on the, on the deck. Yep. Future Stu just jumping in here. I didn't ever answer this question later, so I'll do it now. You have very little control over the text size. There's regular and large, I believe, and the large isn't very large at all, and all the regular text that is used in the game is also very small, so it's not really appropriate for anyone with eyesight issues which is strange because it's if you've got it on xbox is it on console as well well it must don't be if it's know. cloud because yeah it must, like, be, it must yeah. be if it's on cloud because they don't have any pc only games yes, that are on cloud course, which is interesting of course yeah yeah it is on it is on xbox yeah which is weird because you'd think that's where they would increase the text size because people would be sitting away from it so you'd hope there's something increasing the UI size, but I'll, I'll let you do. I'll let you uh, flick through your notes shortly. Um, yep. And I think you've answered the other two. You know, if you've got Game Pass working, it's easily you can easily get it running on the deck then, and it's playable. Yep. The only other one I've Excellent. played apart from Guardians was Tunic, and that is a good comparison between the two because it's midway between being very fast and quite slow kind of thing yeah. it's like because the screen doesn't change as you move within the screen rather than the screen moving all the time and that's okay i it still yeah. eats a lot of your inputs though and i don't know i think with the deck having a good antenna so it's good on wi-fi with the way that game pass is streaming i'd say it's not a solution for me for most games and I wouldn't recommend people kind of use it as a solution still uh, that's not to criticise I think it's an option it's an option it's best as an option yeah, yeah. not a solution yeah well said yes what a, what a really good turn of phrase yeah I know <laughs> uh, that, that should be their tagline game pass it's an option not a solution <laughs> awesome yeah. Phil Spencer can have it on a t-shirt at the next E3 
digital within. <laughs> yeah, you should have that. I am. <laughs> I am an option, not a solution. Well, no, Phil Spencer he is the solution. Well, I guess. Um, that sounds like a name of a wrestler. It's, here it comes does. Phil Spencer, the solution. Get that. Um, yeah. Get that registered. What's a trademark straight away? <laughs> yeah. We're now going to talk about games we've been playing for fun. Do you remember fun, Stu? Kind of. Kind of. It's that thing you used to do when you was a child. Not that. <laughs> the other thing you used to do what, as a eat child. Worms, where you used to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I meant. Um, uh, is yeah, you sort of like you used to play games just because it was fun to play a video game. You spend hours on a video game. The same video game would last you a year. Uh, because you didn't have any money and your parents thought video games were a waste of money. So, yes. Um, yeah. You've had a game. You got a game in 1984. What more do you want? You got it. <laughs> centipede. What more do you need other than Centipede? Defender, mum, please. I really want Defender. But anyway, that, that was a weird aside. I'm going to go first with this one. What are you playing? And I've just been hammering Vampire Survivors. I've still not got to 30 minutes yet, but I don't care. Because yeah. that gameplay loop is just amazing. You kind of... I, 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 I'm not even checking out many of the other levels. I'm just doing that hallway level, the library. Oh, yeah. Just just rinsing that. Same character. Time and time again. Just going through that. Don't care. Um... And why I like it is um, I've had some, a bad eye a couple of weeks. And if I get garlic in the game, I can kind of not have to worry too much about what I can and can't see. Yeah. Because it deflects enough that I could go, oh, if I miss uh, uh, one of the enemies somewhere, one of the hold, and it gets me, it's not going to get me, get me, because my garlic's going to do a job as well. Yeah. So even though garlic isn't considered a good end game option, it's brilliant for someone like me from an accessibility point of view, even though it's not an accessibility item. Yeah. Um, it works really, really well. But yeah, I just can't help myself. It's like, oh, what should I play? What should I play? I've installed some more bits and nope, Vampire Survivors, please. Yeah, I do I do that this, game is oh I do the exact same thing every day. Play it every day. And um yeah, I don't know, I can, I think my highest time is about fourteen minutes and I'm saving up for uh dual dual weapon <clears throat> as a buff. Because I often have to, you know, it, it depends on how you want to do your build out, I suppose. But I always have, I always use the whip. I think it's it's the only base weapon I can get anywhere with. So I use the whip. And um, yeah. I always have to go for, for dual, obviously, because hitting both The uh, extra projectile. Yeah, extra projectile one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm saving up for, I think it's 10 grand and I've got like six and a half. <laughs> so it's five unless it's gone up it's five five grand yeah Ooh. I'm positive that's what I paid I'm going to check it. my notes <laughs> but yeah no I, I've got the um, the character again names don't you know me with names of things Stu I'm not very good but the one who you've got a character who starts with the double projectile and then I've got the double projectile buff and he throws yeah. knives at the start so instead of throwing one knife at the start, he throws four. Ah, very good. Um, and then, as you throw, yeah, he throws four. Um, and then, what you do is you then get the first 
decent weapon that you get that you unlock, which is die on instantly. Uh, and then that's doubled up instantly. So, like, if you get garlic, instead of having that first level of um, of um, thingy, of protection, I think it's, like, the third level of protection that a level three version of garlic would get you. Ah, right. Um, but also, if you get, like, or if you went for the, the cross... Instead of throwing out one, it almost like it goes, it throws out two, but with extra buffs because that's what you've got set up on and stuff like that. So you become insanely powerful really, really early. Now, what it does mean is that you're not getting the extra benefits as you go as such all the time, but you're so hyper leveled that you can level up easier. So what I've my tactics been is to use the double weapons, uh, sorry, the, the, uh, the, the double projectiles, just basically walk to the left, collecting what I can as I go. Get, when I get the opportunities, up in my luck, and then getting the um, the special thing that allows you to collect every single gem that you've uh, dropped already to come to you, and then you just level up, 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 level up in an instant. Um, and then that gives me uh, something to get into the end game with, which is why I've been able to go from like twelve minute rounds up to like twenty four minutes now. Yeah, because it's just that that's, and I'm convinced that's the way for me to go. But I need to be able to see better then just to work out the last five six minutes of the game. Yeah, no, I think only I might have to replan and and start buying some more of those buffs because. Yeah, the um, I'm looking now, and yeah, it's ten grand. It's called a mount. Fires one more projectile or weapons. Yeah, and it's ten thousand coins. What is it? I thought it was. F- I, no. I might be wrong, then. I'll have to. I might re-roll and see what I've got. Yeah. By the way, best accessibility features that often go under the radar. I can get all my gems back. Yes. That that is rebuff. That's brilliant. Every yep, do that if you've got a game that's got buff systems in it. You've got to allow people to re-roll for free. Yeah, I agree. Um, or if it's Konami, they'll probably charge you. But whatever. <laughs> uh, actual money. You can re-roll for free for just four ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's that's brilliant because it allows me to test out different feeds as I was saving towards getting a mount. Um, I you know I, I threw it all into Mike just to see what that did. I worked out do I need any defensive stuff? Uh, what do I want to use? What happens if I throw it all into luck and then only collect luck? So it allows you to experiment on different runs. And yeah, it's that's uh, such a undervalued accessibility item because it's not technically an accessibility item, but for someone who's neurodiverse who gets overwhelmed by that sort of thing, I've not got to sit there and get choice paralysis because I can just go ah. Yeah. Screw it. Let's just yeah. try it. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it should become standard in every game pretty much because it just shows that the developers are confident they've balanced the game right because you're not, like, getting one th- going... Because it, it's not a trick anymore. It's not like, no. ah, you bought the cross and the cross is garbage, but you've got to stick with it. It's like, no, they've balanced everything so that it suit, it, you just get what you need to suit your playstyle. So there's no problem in debuffing something yeah. and buffing something else. Oh, when you get a fully levelled weapon. Oh, my God, that's like a giddy little giggle. You go, oh, my God, look what it does. I've never... Look at all the fire. I've not got that far yet, what it is. Oh, you've you've got to just... Const- right, so on a run, if you're going to play it today, this evening or something, basically, put as much, put, fill up luck if you can, because that, that's really helpful. 
and get a single weapon. I suggest the cross, if you can, and just level that up. Ignore everything else. If cross is in there to level up, level it up. Awesome. Yeah, I think what I might do is, um, is that, because I've got a lot of money, I might just spend it on a load of buffs instead of saving it up for the double. Well, because, you, again, okay, you could re-roll. Just stick it yeah. on, on, like, might, luck, and cooldown, I think, is a good one to use okay, okay. Um, for me. Right, all into that, and then any other random ones you want to do, um, if you've like still got any left over. All into that, pick a weapon that comes at the, at the start of your run, um, and use that, and just level it up as far as you can. Sweet. I will. And keep an eye out. If you do it on the library level, you could just basically, if you keep an eye out at the top, you'll sometimes see drops in there that give you like bonus weapons and stuff as well. It's a really good level just for learning how to get the best builds and collect as much money as you can as well. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'll give it a go. Uh, so. What are you playing? I've been playing Days Gone still and it's just great. I'm really, really enjoying it. It does a really clever thing where it, <coughs> it introduces new stuff but they're all part of the world, so it's kind of like extensions of what's already happening. So it kind of just enhances behaviours. So like you have enemies, and they're like placed in camps, but then later down the road, you've got enemies that are attacking you on bikes, and you have to go after them on your bike. And then it's got things like, you know, obviously there's, there's the scattered uh, zombie things. Oh, I always remember the name now. I can't remember what it's called. Freakers. That's it. Um, yes. You've got scattered freakers that you have to stealth around. And then later on, it introduces hordes of them and you have to work out different tactics for that. So it doesn't do anything that breaks what it already does, but it keeps layering stuff on and you're putting things together more and more. And then you're determining again, like your, your, your balance and your loadout and how you approach the game, which is not complex. It's really, really, really simple. And yeah, just really good. It's kind of a midway between, yeah, it's not one of those just billions of icons on the map. Uh, it's got stuff you can collect, but it's it's just kind of there. And you can ignore it if you want. And it's got the main objectives, and the main objectives always have something that will move your stats onward. So you can buff yourself by going off into the wilderness and doing other stuff, but the main thing that you need to complete the game is always at the major storyline beats so really really well balanced i think it's an underrated title i think it never it didn't get the appreciation it deserved possibly because it takes quite a while for people to get into sometimes and but yeah no i'm I, yeah. i've put 18 hours on it and i'm really loving it i agree um I, I i've kind of started it a couple of times over and got a bit further each time i've restarted it um and that's because I've tried it twice on PlayStation 4 and once on PC. But every time I've got going into it, there's been another game that's distracted me. Uh, but yeah. what I've played of it, I really do like. Um, I also like that the characters aren't actually all that likeable. Um, it's actually really good to play a protagonist that's a bit of a dick, uh, but yeah. he's not like, ah, oh, look at this guy, he's evil. He's just a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and what, he's he's got he's got flaws which I like. Yes, and what's great is it it layers the character more and more the yeah. more you go in, which is probably another reason why it didn't do as well as they hoped, because they put all this great stuff in, but it rewards patience and yeah. and time, and I think when games are that big, that can be a big ask of people, 
but it's insane. It's kind of essential to making it a good game. So catch twenty two, really. They oversold it when they first revealed it. They they went all in big on that um hold that hold system, yeah. which never really happens early either it's like it's quite a slow build whereas if you're gonna sell your game on oh my god look at all these like enemies rushing towards you like it's a some kind of like zombie based like dynasty warriors um (laughs) then i want to see that quite quickly yes yeah and it doesn't and then it's actually a much more nuanced game than that they they marketed it mon um, I mean, they they done the equivalent of what EA did with Titanfall, which was stick it out at the one time and market it incorrectly. Um, so, but yeah, no, from what I've played, I mean, like it, everyone I know who's played it, generally on the whole, has gone, yeah, brilliant game, really like it. Um, so, I, I, do you know what? When I've got a bit more room on my memory card and they replaced my broken one terabyte card, uh, which came broken, and it's real, don't worry, it's a real card, um, I will uh, get that installed because then I can afford to actually like space afford to put a couple of bigger games on my Steam Deck. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, good. Right, moving on because we're running out of actual recording time. Going to talk a little bit current affairs, unfortunately. Uh, we're not going to cover the most depressing of it at the moment because it's still too fresh and it's all still too new horrible what's happening over the water at the moment in the states in texas it's just horrible um as it is every single time it happens elsewhere but it's getting the media coverage so it's in everyone's thoughts at the moment um but what i do want to talk about is transphobia nice light finish to the uh to the, to the episode Stu. don't you agree oh absolutely yeah you gotta love a bit of transphobia uh because apparently that's what sells tickets these days. That's what gets you the subscription numbers these days. It's a bit of light transphobia. Because I was willing to give Netflix the benefit of the doubt with Dave Chappelle that they just completely misjudged what what, what the reaction would be or what it was. Willing to give them the benefit of the doubt with a tinge of cynicism at the same time. But then, but then... They went full on, double down, got behind Ricky Gervais's latest special, Supernature, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, what a vile, vile, vile human being Ricky Gervais is, who is basically doing the modern equivalent of of 70s comedy where it was okay to attack black people and 80s where it was okay to attack the gay people and going on HIV and, and misconstrue that which he also does by the way from what I've heard because I've not watched the entire thing because I'm not giving him the number clicks because that's what they get paid in these days um I I oh, horrible vile man really really is um have you seen any of this yet Stu or no, and I don't particularly want to. Uh, you know, I, I I've read the transcript of what he says, and I think there are yeah. sort of various interpretations of what he's trying to say and where he's coming from, and how much his belief is his belief, and how much is just a comedy persona or an act. But the thing is, you can't can't divorce the art from the artist in in this sort of situation, um, no. and ultimately it doesn't really matter so i think people are getting hung up on oh you know 
yeah, you could use that platform as a comedian to just be political. So like Lenny Bruce or you know Bill Hicks, and yeah. you know people also find it funny. Or you can be a comedian who's just making jokes and then uses different types of subjects and material to to produce those laughs. And I think whatever the reasoning is behind what Ricky Gervais is doing, it's wrong because it's not about that. It's about how it lands with the audience and how people use it. So if you... Like, for example, if we go to the internet extreme and go straight to Hitler and Nazis, if you say things that are pro-Hitler or anti-Jewish, that are intended as a joke about the war, and you don't believe those things, that's still harmful because it changes people's perception, yeah. uh, reinforces stereotypes, changes people's perceptions over, over things. I heard only recently about how the lizard people thing is the gateway into anti-semitism because it's like a secret yeah. cabal is, is running the world it's lizard people and then you get on board with that and it's very easy for people to say actually what we mean by that is it's the jewish people and yeah. you know the transphobe thing is is this but on a on a kind of smaller scale but just as just as pungent and horrible really and you can't you know, yeah, that he's not he's not doing what uh, Graham Linehan's done, and he's not doing yeah. what J.K. Rowling have done, both of whom are transphobic in their own ways. But he's enabling that side of the conversation, which is very disappointing. Yeah. So what what he's doing is I, I mean I, against my better judgment I have watched um, I kind of watched it naively before realizing what was going on and I kind of watched it and just went what the why has he just gone on a ten minute rant about trans trans tra- trans community um, and it is a rant it, even it, like it's, when it's written down it you can make the interpretations I think of is he doing it as a way of using the way certain people think to have a go at the way people think and that's how it could come across written down in context of listening to it or watching it no it is purely punching down uh, which is which is what's that because I used to really like Ricky Gervais um yeah. whether it was just my naivety I don't know but I used to really like Ricky Gervais and say what you may it's you know, in the same way that the Harry Potter books are are special to people, the same way Father Ted and the It Crowd, on the whole, are brilliant pieces of comedy that people love, doesn't mean that Graham Linham isn't a piece of shit. Doesn't mean that J.K. Rowling isn't a piece of shit. I really liked Afterlife. I I, I thought that done a lot of things. But when I've watched it, I realised the one character I didn't like in it was the Ricky Gervais character. It yeah. was everyone around him that made that good and tried their hardest to make this horrible piece of shit. Is what he is in the actual program as well who kept turning on people want to be better they wanted to help despite his nastiness that went with it and he had the redemption arc he gave himself the redemption arc in the end um and i really did enjoy that as a program but i'm sorry ricky gervais is a piece of shit i go back and listen to and you know i think about what i listen to with like animals and politics and science those stand-ups he did and he's a piece of shit when you listen to the way he went in on cole pilkerton on his podcast yes cole was probably in on it on a lot of it but there was an extra bit of where you're just going that's just nasty 
even if he's in on it, that's nasty what you're saying. Uh, and you, you're really belittling the man in ways that I don't think he quite realises because you are clever at what you do. Um, and yeah, this this that this stand up special is just vile. Um, there's a clip coming up of James A. Castle where he takes down Ricky Gervais absolutely perfectly and other edgy comedians like him. So before I carry on, let's listen to that. They say whatever they like. Edgy comedians, no one tells them what they can and can't say. They walk straight on stage, top of their specials sometimes, do ten solid minutes just slagging off transgender people. Just straight out the gate, just making fun of transgender people. If people on the internet get upset about it, the comedian's always like, bad luck! That's my job! I'm a stand-up comedian! I'm meant to challenge people! If you don't like being challenged, don't watch my shows! What's the matter, guys? Too challenging for you? That's my job! I'm a stand-up comedian! I'm meant to challenge people! If you don't like being challenged, don't watch my shows. What's the matter, guys? Too challenging for you? That's my job. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm meant to challenge people. If you don't like being challenged, don't watch my shows. What's the matter, guys? Too challenging for you? Oh, yeah, because you know who's been long overdue a challenge? The trans community. <laughs> oh, they've had their guard down for too long, if you ask me. They'll all be checking their privilege on the way home now, thanks to you, you brave little cis boy. <laughs> I used to name one of the comedians that was about in that routine, but it always got really awkward in the room. So apparently, it's 2019, most people still more than happy to laugh at transgender people. Not as comfortable laughing at Ricky Gervais yet, I've discovered. <laughs> That's the line. For me, that is the perfect way of describing Ricky Gervais and other comedians like him. I think your Jimmy Cars, um, even now your Jim Jeffries and, and people like that, they're trying to do shock for shock value's sake only to try to be edgy for edgy's sake just to get a certain audience. Um, Ricky Gervais feels to me like he thinks he's George Carlin uh, without realising what how, how pro everyone George Carlin was. Um, yeah. George Carlin is a hippie in terms of how he feels about people. He wants everyone to be their best selves. He wants everyone to be able to do what they want to do and enjoy themselves and be there, be who they want to be. And he states that in his comedy. And he goes in on the establishment and uses those same rates that Ricky Gervais does at the right people. Whereas Ricky Gervais has seen that and gone, oh, I could do that about anyone. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And he'll complain about cancel culture in the next couple of weeks, I guarantee it. You're not getting cancelled. You're Ricky Gervais. You're a cis white man. Yeah. You're not getting cancelled. Screw you, you utter dick. Right? But also, sorry, I know this is a bit of a rant, but also, I've lost my chain of thought. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, just to pick up on a couple of your points anyway. Uh, yeah, all great points. I saw a thing, a, a YouTube video a while ago about, uh, it was a, it was a comedian also saying about bullying and he was saying you can have bullying in comedy comedians would have you think that you can't because if yeah. you if you're laughing then you know and even if the people who have the thing that is being called out or criticized or mocked even if you have it and you laugh it's still bullying so it's like bullying exists it can be funny but it's still bullying. Secondly, I was going to say... Oh, what? Sorry, go on. 
I was going to say, you're pretty good. I've laughed at my bullies when they've said stuff to me. And you've only got to look, as much as we don't condone what Will Smith did or anything, uh, people will often go, oh, look, Will Smith and Jada were, were laughing at Chris Rock. Of course they were. But then it, something clicked and went, no, this is not right. Now, Will Smith should never got up and punched him. And I don't think Chris Rock was going overboard, but maybe he shouldn't have gone there. He'll learn his lesson. But, um, yeah, people will laugh along, but still feel hurt by it. Absolutely, yeah. It's still bullying, definitely. It's using your position of privilege to mock somebody yeah. else. Yeah, and secondly, the other thing I was going to say is, you when you you know when people go on, oh, you know, if you're the woke brigade, why is it okay for you to take the Mickey out of X, Y, and Z? Well, the thing is, what comedians on the left are doing are taking the piss out of or you know vilifying the actions of people yeah not the people themselves so when you're going on about you know if you had decided to lampoon boris johnson's um you know party party going or the fact he's got 600 children you you know that he doesn't bother looking after you're not taking the mickey out of him well you are but you're not vilifying him for something that he is you're vilifying him for something that he does yeah and that's all it is you know and the arguing against that this woke thing and cancel culture and all that crap is just a smokescreen because what they're doing is they're criticizing people for who literally who they are yeah and i mean you can make trans jokes the, the, no no trans person is saying you can't make trans jokes it's how you make the trans joke and what i saw which includes included trans representation and rape joke in one right and i don't think it's even that harsh was obviously we hit the time where the, the parliamentary were about to have a debate on uh trans recognition and non-binary recognition and just before that the uh a conservative mp was uh being investigated for rape um I just saw on Twitter someone put, well, there you go. Statistically, you're more likely to get raped by a conservative than you are a trans person. That yeah. is how to do a, a, a joke like that because it punches up at the whole establishment and also it makes a mockery of what people think about why people want to go through this horrible process to become the person they feel they should be, which though, again, I will reiterate this, no rapist... He's going to go, look, do you know what? I'm not going to rape until I can convince people I'm a woman. No one's doing that. Um, yeah. And I think Nish Kumar put it in a, a special he did. Oh, so we turn around and go, no person who thinks, oh, I'm going to go rape today, he's going to be put off by a sign on the door. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What's going to be interesting now is what Ricky Gervais does. Um, does he come out and go... I pushed it too far, I'm sorry. Or does he go full in and roll in and double down? Uh, that's going to be interesting because he's not going to be able to avoid it. Now, based on, I've seen quite a few reports, people where he's tried reporting people who claimed he wasn't funny before on Twitter um, and going after them. Um, again, maybe not, I don't know, but I've seen there's quite a few people who go, Ricky Gervais doesn't like being called unfunny then, yeah, I've got a feeling he might double down of you can't take a joke, you can't take a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not sophisticated. You're being cancelled. Yeah. You're not sophisticated enough to understand it, all of that kind of, 
you know, superiority crap. Uh, he's, he's very much, a, from my perspective, a typical overachiever with a yeah. m- moderate level of education. So he's very intelligent, but he, but because he didn't have a high level education, yeah, well, yeah, like a lot of us, um, just a bog standard one. He has a chip on his shoulder about his IQ, yeah, and likes likes to feel intellectually superior to people, um, and weaponise oh, that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, we can look back at Ricky Gervais in twenty years' time and go, bloody hell, Jim Davidson. Well, this is this is the yeah, this is it, isn't it? He he can only. He can't, he can't backtrack too far, even if he did. I don't think he will. But even if he did, he can't backtrack too far because it's in his entire shtick. And I think it's who who he is yeah. as well. You know, I think it's not like he's had a break. Like, I think Graham Linehan uh, has had a mental break <laughs> yes. of, some, of some type and that's driven him down that rabbit hole in particular. It's not like that. It's it, This is who he's always been. And I think that he's... It's a good salutary lesson for how no one is a villain, no one's a complete villain. You know, that's too black and white. You know, everyone has good aspects. There's tons of stuff Ricky Gervais has done that he laughs at, that is good to laugh at, and that is clever to laugh at, and benefits people. But at the same time, he's got big blank spots that cause a lot of trouble at the same time. And it just shows this nuance. And But the thing is, when it's an act, when it's a profession, you have an obligation to moderate that. And if you don't, then the people who platform you do. Yeah. And I'm very, very, very calm. Holding my thumb and forefinger about two mil apart, that close to cancelling Netflix. And, you know, you know, I'm pretty much... Oh, I have. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. And I told them why as well. And the thing I put chose uh, something, something, and also uh, stop promoting transphobia. Platforming transphobes, yeah. You know, when I was, say, in my early teens, the idea of a man becoming a woman was only represented by the likes of a Lily Savage. Well, that's not even a, someone who's transgender. That, that's a drag act. But yeah. that was the representation you saw of it. So that was like, oh, it's a bloke in a wig. Uh, that was so, the jokes were okay. But as I got older, I learned more about it. I just went, this is not okay. And actually discovered a lot more about myself in that as well, that there is a place for me by not having to, I mean, it took me until I was nearly 40 to realise that, oh, actually, I'm part of this community uh, because I'm, I, I, I'm not gendered in any way, shape, or form in terms of my personality. Great, so I, I found something. Um, but I remember, you know, the old jokes, you know, the old jokes about Ethiopian families and stuff like that that done the rounds in the eighties and early nineties. They're vile, but they was okay back then. You know, you even had jokes that mixed them. I wouldn't use those now. I, you know, I wouldn't repeat them. Um, uh, for entertainment, you know, don't get me wrong. If someone said, oh, "What was the joke?" Back then, there was like, okay, I would repeat it, but in, in a context of this is what it used to. This was a joke that used to be acceptable, but it isn't now. But I wouldn't do it for entertainment. Whereas some of these people are still going, this is still how I'm going to entertain. And the sad thing is, there's a massive audience for that still. That is the sad, sad thing. Well, yeah, absolutely, because people take a lot of cues of what's right and wrong and what's acceptable from media. And again, you can't. You can't stop people believing something. You can't even stop people saying it out loud and taking, you know, taking it on the road. 
but all you can do is deplatform them. And if you yeah. know, if Netflix are not going to deplatform them, and in fact they're going to promote them, so you've got your Dave Chappelle stuff, which I believe is still on there, unedited. Yeah. Uh, still there, and whilst it's still on, they've put this on there. That's two large repositories of transphobic content at once. They're and promoted, highly promoted. Then yeah. that's on them, and they should take the punishment. And then they, because that's the only way they'll change. Because the bottom line is the only thing that counts. You know, so it's fairly easy for me to not, uh, you know, watch Ricky Gervais, but it's much harder to cancel an entire subscription. But yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, because that's the only way they learn. You can pirate it. Well, I can. Yeah, exactly. I can pirate anything I want from there. I'm. I'm going to say now, it's okay to pirate Netflix. I agree. Um, I think once you toe that line of this is who we're going to be, it becomes okay to pirate stuff. It's the same as if you want to play an Ubisoft game, pirate it. Because screw Ubisoft, screw Ricky Gervais, screw Netflix, screw the right wing agenda, all of it. I'll shut up now. Yeah, but I like all of that because, you know, <laughs> it's good because we need to have those alternative points of view. And things are getting to the point where uh, I can't go off into a big rant because it's so close it's always so close to the surface such a big rant but we're only going to ever get any real change in all of this by you know voting with our wallets being you know being on the ball about it spotting these things calling them out shouting about them stop stopping giving them our money you know and it shouldn't be on us we shouldn't have to take that responsibility we shouldn't have to have constant worry and kvetch about you know ordering from amazon but yet we do and that's the situation that we're in. So, you know, yeah, just keep your eyes open and, and you know, vote with your heart. But I will stop. The, uh, yeah, the, the learning hour is over. The standing on a soapbox ranting at you is over at last. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed the content. If you did, like and subscribe on all the socials. Join our Discord if you feel like it. And apart from that, Have a great week, stay safe and stay sane.